Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Today we're on week four of our series soundtrack, and I want to quickly review the first three weeks uh, so that we can get into today's message And I'm going to go ahead and prepare you because I want you to be prepared. At the end of this message, we're going to praise God. At the end of this message, the praise team is coming back and we're going to worship. And we're going to sing about his love and how it endures forever. Amen? So I want you to be prepared for that. At the end of this sermon today, we are going to do that. And so let's review the last three weeks. The first week, we discovered that choosing the right song today can prophesy into your life tomorrow. That what you sing before the battle, it has the ability to bring victory in the battle. We read in Second Chronicles chapter 20 where the nation of Judah was about to be attacked by that coalition of three nations. And Judah sent the praise team out in front of the army. And that praise brought about victory and they didn't even have to fight the enemy. And then week two, I told you that you need a song to sing that helps you get through the tough times. You need that go-to song. In whatever season of life you're in, you're going to have a tough time. If you're not there right now, it's going to happen. And you need that song in your heart. That, and, and when I say a song, it's more of a mindset. You need something that is going to help pull you through that. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas were praying and singing to God while they were in prison. And, and the, their praise shook the very foundation of that prison and their chains fell off. And you need a song in your heart that will shake the foundation of the hell that you're going through. Stop letting the enemy steal your song. You need a song. Amen? Amen. And then last week we discovered that life's unexpected challenges are conquered in the new songs. We so easily remember what we are familiar with. So the scriptures need to remind us over and over, and they do, sing a new song to the Lord. Sing a new song. Throughout God's word, it says, sing a new song. It's easy to sing in the good times, and and that's what happened. David wrote the 23rd Psalm when life was good, when he realized the Lord is my shepherd. But, But... When David wrote Psalm 51, it was at a very difficult time in his life when a lot of guilt and shame was flooding his heart, and he needed a new song to sing. And so Psalm 51 became that new song. And there are times in our lives when we are trying to find victory over a new battle, but we're still singing the same old song. And so you need to learn to sing a new song to the Lord. Have you ever heard a familiar song early in the day, and then the song gets stuck in your head for the rest of the day? Some of, some of you, that happens today. You will hear the praise team sing a song, and for the rest of the day, it's going to be stuck in your head. And that's a good thing, but, but it's not always that great. Because sometimes you're on your way to work, and a song comes on the radio, and suddenly you are humming that song all day long. You know, it happens. It, it, it happens in our household. We, we listen to a lot of different types of music. I know Pastor Andrew only goes to Christian concerts and sees the newsboys and things like that. You know, that's it. But we listen to Christian music, and and there are certain secular artists that we like to listen to also. And so we're always scanning through the radio and listening to all kinds of stuff. And uh, occasionally a song will come on that doesn't really line up with our values, and so we have to switch the station. You know, anybody in the room, you do the same thing? Anybody, you just don't care and you'll listen to it anyway? Raise your hand. Yeah, okay. God bless you. Um, 
And so it, it'll get us in trouble sometimes because all of a sudden you arrive at a meeting or, or you're at an event or something and, and I'll, I'll listen and all of a sudden I hear my wife singing or humming a song and I'm like, no, no, not that one. We, I turned the radio station so that that would not get locked in my mind. You know, No, Mandy, you did not kiss a girl and like it. We're not listening to that. No, no. You know, and so... So you have to purge your mind of, of these words from these songs, you know. And so they get stuck in your head. And these songs, they're like uninvited guests that weasel their way in and they camp out in the cranium uh, and, and they force you to sing along. They're called earworms. They really, that's what they call them, earworms. And so I compiled a list of the top five, top five earworm songs that once I hear these songs, I'm like singing them all day long. And, and so don't judge me, but here they are. You ready? Number five, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Man, if I hear that song in the morning, I will sing that song all day long. Don't stop believing. Come on. Yeah, how many syllables can there be in feeling, you know? You know, it's all over the place. Number four, number four, when you hear this, you just, you, you sing it for the rest of the day. Whether you like it or not, you do. Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy. So here's my, call me. And I don't even like the song. It's one of the worst songs ever written, but once it's there, it's there, it's locked in. Here's one that'll catch you off guard. You ready? Stanley Steamer gets carpet cleaner. If that comes on TV before we leave, I'm singing it, man. I'm, I'm going in the office singing it, looking at everybody's carpet everywhere I go all day. <laughs> this one gets stuck in my head, and I have no idea what I'm saying at all when I say it. Mm -bop. <laughs> I could attempt it, but none of the words are right. I don't even know if they know what they're saying. And number one, if this happens to come on the radio... Man, we're done, I'm telling you. So I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. What you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want. What you, I want to, I want to, I want to. You are welcome. You're welcome because now you're going to be singing one of these songs for the rest of the day. It's locked in your head. We'll try and fix that at the end of the service. But I'm telling you, these earworms, they have the ability to get stuck in your head. And science tells us that, the, that, that when we listen to a song, that it triggers a part of the brain called the auditory cortex. And, and researchers have found that when they play a part of a familiar song to certain research subjects that the participants auditory cortex automatically filled in the rest in other words their brains kept singing long after the song ended because that's what happens it just happened a moment ago for those of you that knew the songs that I was singing I'd sing part of it and your brain kept filling in the pieces and they call this a brain itch and the only way to scratch brain itch is to repeat the song over and over in your mind and so that's what you're doing. When you keep singing a song throughout the day, you are, are in a sense scratching that itch, that brain itch. And unfortunately, just like mosquito bites, the more that you scratch, the more that you itch. And so you're stuck in this unending song cycle that sometimes never seems to end. Your inner jukebox keeps playing the same broken record over 
and over and over. When I was a kid, I had a record player. And I didn't have a lot of records. I, I don't know why, but I, I just didn't. I mean, after I became a teenager and, and late my teen years when CDs came out, I had lots of CDs, you know, and I remember having quite a few cassettes. But I didn't have a lot of records, but I had a record player. And, and one of the records that I did have was one of the greatest albums of all time, Michael Jackson's Thriller. I had that album. And, and I, you know, there was, there was, you know, side A and side A or side one had four songs and there was five songs on the back. If you're listening to the CD, um, it would be about track seven. You see, the entire CD is like 42 minutes and 19 seconds long, but who's counting? And, um, and, and so the seventh song on there, it developed a scratch on the record. And so I'd be listening to the song in my bedroom and obviously when it gets to the scratch, it would begin repeating itself over and over. And it would say, if they say, why, why? Tell them that it's human nature. Why, 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 why? I'd have to come back over and physically have to pick up the needle to get it past the scratch on the record. You see, our kids, they don't understand that at all. You need to explain to them the struggle was real. I mean, it was. You had to take care of your albums. And then I had kids, and they started to sound like a broken record. <laughs> Daddy, why? Why? Daddy, why? Why? Daddy, why? Why? You know? Don't worry. Those of you that you're in that stage of life with your kids right now, they'll become teenagers soon, and teenagers know it all. When you hear the same thing over and over again, it's easy to overlook the importance of what you're hearing. And this happens in churches every day. Every day that we come to church, we hear something. You know, we've got this, this language, this Christianese that keeps showing up, and we will say things to each other and we don't even realize sometimes what we're saying. And, and then we'll sing songs and, and, and the repetitiveness of the songs. Sometimes I, I wonder if we hear it so much that we don't even realize what we're actually saying. You know, we, we hear phrases like, and, and listen, I was raised in church. And so I've heard these phrases my entire life. But we've heard phrases like, prayer changes things. And we say that every so often. You might even hear it here. And it's not that we don't believe it. We do believe it. But because we've heard it so much, it doesn't have the power. It doesn't have the oomph behind it anymore, you know? Because we've heard that so much. Man, when I was growing up, we had a saying around the church, and, and, and some churches still say it. But they'll say, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And it's true. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. If not great, right? You know? It's true, but we've heard it so much. And then we've heard things like Jesus is coming back soon. And obviously his soon is different than my soon because I heard it when I was two, three, four years old. But it doesn't negate the fact just because I've heard it over and over and over, it does not mean that, that he's not coming back soon. It's just easy to hear the same old song all the time and, and, and it will lose the value of what's being said if we're not careful. 
And so I want you to turn with me today to Psalm 136. And, and I'm going to do something today that I don't usually do, but I'm going to read an entire chapter out of the Bible. But you're going to help me with it. You see, Psalm 136 consists of 26 verses that contain an opening statement followed by his love endures forever. And so I'm not much on, on call and response. Some of you came out of church backgrounds that have call and response at every service. I'm not big on that, but, but I want you to help me today. And so this is going to be kind of a call and response as we read through this together. And so we're going to read Psalm 136. If you don't have your Bible, it's going to be right there on the screen. And so your part is going to be for his steadfast love endures forever. Okay, that's going to be your part as we read through Psalm 136. Are you ready? Don't let me down, and I want you to say it with fervency, okay? So, so help me out. Here we go. Verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him who alone does great wonders. To him who by understanding made the heavens to him who spread out the earth above the waters to him who made the great lights the sun to rule over the day the moon and stars to rule over the night to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them with a strong hand and an outstretched arm to him who divided the Red Sea in two and made Israel pass through the midst of it but overthrew Pharaoh and his hosts in the Red Sea to him who led his people through the wilderness to him who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to Israel, his servant. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state and rescued us from our foes. He who gives food to all flesh, give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. You can probably guess the name of that song. His steadfast love endures forever, I'm sure. It's so easy to read this song and lose the significance of what is being said. Because even towards the end of it, even though I asked you, say it with fervency, I could tell you were, you were dying off towards the end because just how repetitive it was. You stop realizing how important it is for our lives and how important this was for the nation of Israel. We sing songs of God's love, forgiveness, and restoration every week. But church, I'm going to be honest with you. I wonder, do we really get it? 
Do we really understand what we're saying? Because if we really understood God's grace, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness for us, if we really got it, I don't think there, was, there would be anybody in this room that could contain us if we really understood what we were singing. If we really knew what we were talking about, do we value the significance of what is being said in our worship? This psalm is not in the Bible just to meet a word quota. It wasn't like they had to fill up a certain number of pages. And so they said, you know, let, let's include a song in there that repeats itself over and over and over. No, Psalm 136 actually serves as a description of God's love. It's not just a series of repetitive affirmations to God. Each verse describes an, an attribute or an action of God that led the people of Israel to understand the greatness of God's love. It says he's the God of all gods. For his steadfast love endures forever. He has done great wonders. For his steadfast love endures forever. He made the heavens. They remind us and they follow it with, for his steadfast love endures forever. He spread out the earth on the waters. For his steadfast love endures forever. He set the sun and the moon into motion for his steadfast love endures forever. He brought Israel out of slavery, out of bondage from the Egyptians. For his steadfast love endures forever. He divided the Red Sea in two. For his steadfast love endures forever. He struck down armies and kings. And then it goes on to name them. And after it names them, it says, For his steadfast love endures forever. He rescued his people from their foes. For his steadfast love endures forever. And he provided food to all flesh. For his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 136 was a very popular song among God's chosen people. You see, at the dedication of Solomon's temple, when the fire came down from heaven and it consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices that were laid out before God, and the Bible says that the glory of the Lord filled the temple to the point to where the priests could not even go in. Uh, the people bowed with their faces to the ground and they sang that same song that said, For he is good, his steadfast love endures forever. What we talked about in week one when, when King Jehoshaphat, when he sent out uh, the, the praise team in, in front of the army, the Bible tells us in that same chapter that the words that they would sing as they would stand and face the enemy, singing before the army, would they, they would say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. You see, this was a song. This was to them. This was one of the great hymns of the past. This was their amazing grace. This was their how great thou art. And they would sing it over and over. It held significance. But like anything else in our lives, if we just repeat it all the time and we don't consciously think about it, it just becomes mere words. And by the end of the Old Testament... God was done with their worship. You can go to the book of Amos and you can read about it. God was just done with them. He, he, he was basically saying your words are useless because you don't live by them anymore. And listen to me, church. The, the words that you sing in worship, it should reflect the life that you live when you're not in worship. Some people complain about the repetitiveness of modern worship. And some of you have complained about the repetitiveness of modern worship. But you have to understand, this didn't start yesterday. God's people have been repeating themselves in worship for centuries. 
And just because you don't like a song that repeats itself doesn't change the fact that it still glorifies God. How else would you worship an unchanging God? We don't have the words to describe him. We don't have the words to appreciate him. We don't have the words to extol him, to exalt him. We don't have those words. And so in our small and finite minds, we try our best to express how we feel, and sometimes it may become repetitive. I'll tell you one of my favorite songs of all time. It only has a few words in the whole song. When it says, I love to worship you. 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 His steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. We've got to be careful. That just because we repeat it, and just because we've been repeating it for years and even centuries, that it just doesn't become words to us, that we realize that this song that we sing, it's glorifying a God that is unchanging. There's not a better way to pass his goodness down to the next generation than to repeat what you already know. Psalm 78 verses 3 and 4 says, Things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their, from their children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. Listen to me, church. If you are not telling your children about God's love, then you're singing the wrong song. If your children don't hear you glorifying God, on a daily basis, you're singing the wrong song. The love of God, it's not intuitive. It has to be shared from generation to generation to generation because the enemy would leave your children in the dark. But what happens when God's people sing they repeat year after year after year of God's goodness I've decided to end every service of this series with stories of songs that are part of my life soundtrack and they've been pretty emotional at this point I really didn't think last week was going to but it got me man I'm telling you towards the end of it I, I was barely holding it together but I want to share with you a song that my father taught me on the guitar. Okay. My dad taught me this classic. Every time somebody would walk into a room with a guitar, my dad would ask to hold their guitar. He would say, let me show you a song I know. I remember when Kendall first started playing the guitar, he asked to hold her guitar, and he taught the song to her, just as he taught the song to me. 
just as I will probably teach my grandchildren one day. He called it Flight of the Bumblebee. Here's how it goes. Don't hear it again? Flight of the Bumblebee. It's a classic. That's about as good as it gets. It's no secret that my dad is battling Alzheimer's disease. And, uh, I need this series to end. I left here last week and I told Mandy, I said, I'm emotionally drained. Battling this disease, as many of you know, a person in the beginning stages will often repeat themselves And they will tell the same stories over and over and over. <clears throat> and it was the warning signs for us because dad's been doing this for years. If you have to be around it all the time, I know it can get frustrating because it's like listening to a broken record all the time. Listening to the same stories, listening to the same jokes. It's like listening to the same song over and over and over. This past Monday, this past Monday, I took my dad to lunch. It was a late lunch. Picked him up from his house and we went into Williston and we sat down in a restaurant. And uh, it didn't take long for dad to start repeating himself. He was a little nervous, doesn't go out in public as much as he used to. And he kept repeating himself and he was saying the same thing. I mean, within 10 minutes, I heard him tell a couple of things, you know, twice. And I've kind of learned through the years just to kind of go with it, you know. But there's one thing that he told me sitting at the table that I'll never get tired of hearing. He looked at me and he said, Son, that was huge by itself because there's some days he doesn't know I'm a son. He said, son, I love you and I appreciate you. My dad's been saying that for years and I often thought it was strange, that it was weird for my dad to look at me and say, I appreciate you because I've often followed it up with no dad I'm the one that appreciates you all that you did for me growing up providing for me 
Dad, I never went without. You are such a good father. But he never fails to tell me. Even on the days that he doesn't remember that I'm his son, he never fails to tell me, I love you and I appreciate you. a song that stuck in my head that I hope that I never forget what song is stuck in your head what promises of God the Bible tells us that the Lord sings over us I know what it means it means he's given us the songs what song is stuck in your head what is it that you've got on repeat how are you singing of the Lord's goodness your appreciation to him and for what he's done for you. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church for Life's Journey.